time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, May 8th. Hard to believe we're already in the May 2023. Good to have you with us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals, it is for mortgage professionals. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. It's in an audio format. We keep flirting with video, but we're staying with audio, so it's what works, and it's working for us. We're thankful for you sharing this with so many. I was at a conference this weekend, a C12 conference, and uh, Dean Harrington of Shamrock Mortgage was there, and he says, hey, look, I, I had never really talked to Dean before, and and in this particular circle, he was uh, he was saying uh, he, he's highly respected and and it was giving a presentation. And we're going to actually so it did, he did such a good job with the presentation. We're going to actually have him come on as a guest talking about uh, creating talking about your core values and how do you how do you talk about those? But anyway, it's a great presentation. But anyway, I went up and introduced myself after he says, Dave, I'm so glad. What are you doing at this my session? I thought you knew all this stuff. I said, well, I'm always a student. I want to always be a student. 72 years old and still learning at a voracious rate hungry to learn. He creates some great information. He says, we listen to your podcast and I really enjoy your podcast. And it's, I mean, I think one of the things I listeners as you're sitting and listening to this right now, what are you doing that, to share information and get out? It doesn't have to be in the form of a podcast. Sometimes it's video. I, I think of Emily Farley. She turns out some of the best videos out to her staff. She gets on, she records them and communicates. I think what is going to make a difference in the in the years ahead, in the markets ahead, in the competitive environment that we have ahead of us, are those that can communicate effectively to the broadest audience. I think that's so important. So anyway, we're just saying we're grateful. We've been, Alice and I have been doing this together for 15 years, and it's just uh, we have, a, have different ones come and go. Alan's been here for a long, long time. Um, but I just got to tell you, it's, it's really good to have this opportunity, and you honor us when we bring our game to you to share information. None of us getting paid for this. We do this as a free service back to the industry. It's our give back. I've been in this industry for 50 years. Mark's been at it for 48. He's same and I, same age. He, he was just in Vietnam a little bit longer. And, and uh, I was never in Vietnam. He was. And so uh, great to have uh, him on here as well. So veterans getting together, sharing information, such an important thing that we do and get perspective. And thank you so much for so many of you who text me even during the podcast. Well, some of the ideas, if you want to text me, you can do so at 512-632-2900. Most of you listening to this on a downloaded basis after it's been released and not listening live. I understand that. But I still love getting your text messages. Still love getting feedback, whether it's from that or from an email, however. I also want to give a shout-out to Ben Delacruz. He's uh, my assistant, works with me on the podcast. He's in the Philippines. One great servant hearted guy, servant leader. He just is always willing to do whatever is necessary to make this effective. We want to hear your ideas of what we can do better. So thank you all very much for being here. Also, thank you to our sponsors, Candor Technology. They do a great job of automating the entire underwriting process, and they have a patent unique a solution, and that is something that really optimizes the loan delivery workflow. 
to the point where you can right-size your company for the last time as the tag phrase they're using and have been for using for some time. They're the leader in the marketplace. Be sure to check him out. Uh, especially check out the interview we did with, with Booker. Uh, with Books, who is Earl Thomas Booker III. <laughs> I love that guy. Big, big guy that just has a heart of a giant and a gentleness of a teddy bear. Just a big teddy bear. And so listen to April 5th and talked about where they're going, some of the things you can use this for, especially when it comes back to repurchases. If you're getting challenged with a lot of repurchases, you need a tool effectively to be able to look at, did we make the right underwriting decision? So you can go back and use Candor in a post-closing audit function recommend you check it out. Also, Finastra, they do a great job in the marketplace. They're market leaders, the largest fintech company in the world. And uh, so honored to have the affiliation that we have with them. They're doing some very innovative things. They're looking at the artificial intelligence. They're looking at what can we do to improve the process. Again, there's so many people exploring what is going on. So check out what Finastra is doing with a robust features that allows you to access this uh, from their, their technology from virtually any platform that you're using. Others can do it, but Finastra has a unique way of going about it, especially being the number one fintech company. You need to pay attention to what they're doing just for that reason. Also, total expert. Love Joe Whalu and the whole team there. I get to work with Angela Higgins. I got to tell you, Angela's amazing, works in the marketing department. Joe hires and surrounds himself with the right brilliant people that make a difference and bring you a product that is just over the top. We've got the user coming conference there, a user conference coming up in San Diego next month. Be sure to come out there. I'll be speaking at it, looking forward to it, speaking about uh, artificial intelligence, talking about some other aspects of it. Also, for those a part of the um, of the Kentucky Mortgage Bankers Association, I should have said this, Finastra is sponsoring a, um, is sponsoring a webinar or a, uh, a virtual uh, part of the presentation. I'll be doing that this afternoon, talking about artificial intelligence. Forgot to mention that when we were talking with Finastra. So go on their website, check out that. If you're part of the Kentucky Mortgage Bankers Association, be sure to look, look up and see what time that presentation is. I think I'm speaking at, it goes all day, but I think I'm speaking at 3.30 or thereabouts Central Time. So kudos again, flip back to Finastra, but thank you so much for all our sponsors. Simple Nexus included the mortgage software technology for the modern lender. Uh, listen to what we were, the, the interview we did with Andrea Lightfoot on March 8th. Really insightful. Andrea's energy is infectious. Also, the Mortgage Bankers Association is the sponsor. Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, as well as Mobility, MMI, and Moda. Gosh, I love those two companies. I love all our sponsors. We're very selective on who we, are, we bring in as sponsors. Uh, we're talking to a couple other market leaders right now that are listening to the podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, having them, adding them as sponsors as well. We're very particular on who we add in. We're, we, we, you know, it, it, it's not, it, it's, I want to have thought leaders. I want people who bring thought leaders. So if you're considering advertising, I'd love to talk to you. Just bring your A game when it comes to thought leadership. Uh, let's talk about uh, episodes we released last week. Brent Jones of R3 AMC. Be sure to check that out. It's Val Insure. He has a company, R3 AMC. As Val Insure, it's an insured appraisal solution. The insurance is built into the price of the appraisal, and it's not more expensive. Check that interview out. Also, May 3rd, May 5th. That one, Brent was May 3rd. May 5th, we had uh, Michael uh, on with AltaSource and uh, very good interviews that we had. So check that out. Um, we had, I, I could just go on. It was one that I recorded at the 
Lenders One Conference and some of the things that they're doing. So Michael and Joshua got together, Joshua Tate of Forum Pay, and uh, you got to check that out. It's also talking about how you're using we, we got into uh, using cryptocurrency, crypto payments for the mortgage transactions. So got more. That's getting some traction, so pay attention to that. This week, uh, there will no, be no releases of any podcast this week. We're recording a number of them. I've got my wife broke her leg, uh, and so there's been a lot of extra case. She just had her knee replacement, and then she broke her femur. So we've had some of the distractions around the house here trying to keep her uh, supplied and taken care of. So anyway, we're doing well, though. We're surviving that. Getting old is not for the, the weak of mind, that's for sure. But we're surviving and uh, thriving. How can you thrive with a broken femur? That was just so weird. I'll tell you about that sometime. Anyway, special thought, shout out to Adam DeSantis of the NBA. Thank you. We're going to hear his report in a minute. As well as Adam, as well as uh, Les Parker on his macro view of the markets. And Matt Graham's in here live. We'll be talking to him. Mr. Kittle can't join us today. We've got some other things we'll be talking about in production. As well as Alice Albies live and back with us. And Alan Pollock. And, of course, my co-host, Mark Helm. Mark, good to have you joining in on the podcast today. Appreciate you. Glad to be here, David. Thank you. Yeah. Mark, you say it so well. You've not been in this industry for a long, long time. And we're both learning from this podcast. Every time we get someone on, it's just we're learning. This is a game of you never stop learning, Mark. Just it's so. so. That is so true, David. Every, Every week learn something. Every week. Yeah, we do. And we're excited. And if listeners, if you have any suggestions of what things that you'd like for us to get on, someone to get on the podcast where you can learn more, please get a hold of us. We'd love to hear your, hear your ideas. Let's get over Adam DeSantis and this week's MBA Mortgage Minute and hear what the MBA has for us. Hi, I'm Adam DeSantis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, the CFPB released a long-awaited proposed rule to establish nationwide consumer protection standards for residential, property-assessed, clean energy, or PACE, loans. The proposal is a significant milestone in MBA's multi-year advocacy campaign to extend consumer mortgage rules to PACE obligations. The proposed regulation defines PACE obligations as consumer credit, making it clear that the Truth in Lending Act applies generally to PACE financing. The rule would also subject PACE obligations and providers to ability to repay requirements, modified trade disclosures, and the civil liability provisions of TILA for violations. The proposed CFPB rule is the final stage of MBA's successful efforts in 2017 to include requirements covering PACE liens under federal consumer protection rules. MBA has also successfully advocated with state MBA partners for consumer protections in California, Minnesota, and Ohio. The Minnesota and Ohio laws also require subordination of PACE obligations to existing liens. MBA is closely reviewing the draft rule. We'll discuss it with member committees and draft comments ahead of the July 26, 2023 due date. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, MBA, again, for all that you do for our industry. Be sure to sign up for uh, MBA Newslink if you haven't, if you don't get their newsletter. Alice often refers to things in there because Adam cannot get to everything that's there. He tries to keep that segment to a minute. He does a pretty good job. Went a little longer and today, but I always, I don't Adam, get us the information. We want the information. I don't care if it takes two minutes, three minutes, whatever. But uh, I encourage you to get sign up for MBA Newslink if you're not receiving it. Then also sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance. Very important. 
Um, the secondary conference, is that coming up? Someone look that up. If you wouldn't mind, let me know if that's already going on or has gone on or I think it's coming up. Uh, I will not be at it. Uh, there's just, I was at a, just so much going on here with uh, some health issues of my wife. I'm staying behind, taking care of her. Number one priority, family, family, family. Let's get over to Les Parker with TM Spotlight to get a Mac review of the markets and what Les's music parody is this week. Always so, speed seems to be so spot on. Les, what you got? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. The party's over. It's time to call it a pause. Let's burst our pretty balloon and taken the boom away. It's time for the Fed to put down the pen that burst the boom and allow a shallow recession to emerge. So how long will the pause last before it eases? Odds favor late 2023. Over the next year, expect more wild rides. But for now, the long-term trend in the 10-year remains bullish, consolidating between 365 and 325. It's all over. These views are mine. Fed and watch the Fed sunset at tmspotlight.com. <laughs> Parker, you always amaze me. Gary Cantrabone is, by the way, the voice you hear at the beginning of each one of uh, Parker's, uh, Les Parker's segments. So uh, Gary Cantrabone is, again, they used to work together, along with Alan, used to work together at uh, Lone Logics. And uh, what an amazing team that was that Brian Fitzpatrick pulled together back in those days. And uh, it was one of, I got to consult with them, work with them a lot. It was such a fun group. And uh, Les and Gary teamed up and Gary does, he's just an amazing, uh, uh, what is that? He's a host. He hosts, um, he hosts like when you go, when you have a party and you're having the DJ in the background, he does that. He does a lot more, but quite a, quite a producer, very accomplished. And of course that great partnership with he and Les each week. Thank you, Les. Appreciate it. You can sign up for tmspotlight.com by going to tmspotlight.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter. You get the paid version for free when you put in the word power for power seller. It's a great newsletter. I encourage you reading it. Um, it is really a must read. Uh, and, you know, when, when you have some of the top industry leaders reading it and asking Les to come to their conferences and be there and speak and be a part of that. Uh, guys, the circles that Les runs in is pretty interesting uh, and you wonder where he gets the insights he does, it's because of who you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know, as that saying goes, unless is in there with some of the top, top, top people. And um, they respect him and will have Les come on and sharing all that wisdom with you. A lot of we could talk about what was in his report, but I encourage you to go back and listen to his report again and again because, and then get his newsletter and sign up and read it. Read it. It's really good. Matt Graham is here, founder and CEO of MBS Live. The best, undisputed best, best, top of the market, top of the line. Uh, market update segment with mbslive.net. Love it. So you can sign up with an LOL code and get this extended period for uh, no cost, no credit card required. But you just think I whip out your credit card and get it. Matt, appreciate you being here. I was, I, hey. I was, at a, I was in, either in the hospital helping my wife or at a conference. We had family come and be with my wife while, so I could go to this conference. 
up in Denver, but I was, uh, I didn't get a chance. So I was really anxious. I turned on the screens this morning to look at what was going on. So give us a report. I'm as interested as everybody, anybody. What happened last oh, week? Uh, <clears throat> well, last week there was a bit of volatility and interesting, yeah. uh, interesting market movements, but in general, as Les pointed out, um, a sideways range in the bigger picture. So we're sort of reduced to following this volatility that's occurring inside these ranges. And mm-hmm. it was a little bit, um, a little bit bigger than it had been recently and uh, drew on diverse sources and perhaps uh, not entirely expected, given the fact that it was a Fed week and the focus heading into the week was probably on the Fed. Although... You say that, you think that, and then you think, well, what's the Fed really going to do? Are, are they going to do anything other than hike by 25 basis points? Probably not. And are they going to say anything other than what we do from here depends on the data and uh, we're getting to be pretty close to the ceiling and that might be it if the data is soft and inflation dies down and we might hike some more if inflation stays persistent. And that's essentially what they said on Wednesday, and that's why it was not the week's biggest market mover. Incidentally, the week's biggest market movers uh, were seen probably, well, let's say it was Tuesday because that was the the most decisive market movement of the week. And it happened right between 9.30 and 10.01 a.m. And it uh, was on a combination of headlines surrounding bank risks. Western Alliance was in the news uh, to start the week with on more of a, um, uh, a hopeful note, and that pushed yields higher. And then Tuesday morning was the morning where there was sort of a a negative run on the stock price. And there were some circuit breakers trips for multiple banks on Tuesday morning. And then uh, amidst all that drama, the JOLTS numbers, job openings and labor turnover survey, uh, showed that job openings came in lower yet again. And that has been sort of a pain point for the bond market uh, because that has been over 10 million uh, several times. And that's really, really high for job openings. It signals labor market slack. Labor market slack signals that the Fed really isn't having a huge impact on uh, tightening financial conditions, even though if you ask the mortgage industry, they certainly are. Uh, But nonetheless, from an economic standpoint, super high job openings have been problematic for the rate outlook. And uh, because they fell at the same time that these bank drama headlines and the stock price circuit breakers were happening, we had a, a big little rally in uh, bonds and especially in the front end of the yield curve. Did you just so, say big little rally? A big little rally. Yeah, it's little because <laughs> it's occurring inside that, that narrow range in the bigger picture. Range. But it's big <laughs> because it was the biggest of the week last week. So yeah, exactly. intentional, intentional misdirection there, Licking. Yeah, very life, good. Life comes at you fast. You got to keep up. Um, <laughs> So anyway, that that sort of kicked off a little bit of a uh, a rally heading into the Fed. The Fed was uneventful. Bonds rallied some more. And then everything pulled back on Friday after the jobs report came out stronger than expected. Um, I want to address something. I see a lot of comments about manipulation or fake numbers or whatever the case may be when jobs come out stronger than expected, especially with the jobs report. Um, And look, I'm not, I don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but I do know that traders and analysts that I respect a great deal uh, don't ever entertain those sorts of um, 
accusations, and it's just not even something that it, that really is worth discussing to them because they view a high level of integrity when it comes to those data releases. Now, integrity should not be confused with perfection. There can be uh, sort of unintentional incompetence in, at, in any job. There can be poor statistical design. Things can occur that make things volatile and not necessarily representative month in, month out. But there's a reason the jobs report is as relevant as it is to financial markets. And I really think that people do themselves a disservice when they are by default super dismissive of something just because they don't like what the implication is for their industry. So yes, the jobs report was stronger. It's not a great implication for rates, but that doesn't mean that it's manipulated. Um, High profile layoffs in the news, right? We're going to hear about those things, but people should keep in mind that that a lot of that has to do with the right sizing of industries that sort of boomed in the post COVID economy and are now getting back to a more normal size. And yes, that involves significant layoffs. Yes, there is also uh, some contraction in certain parts of the economy, but there's expansion in other parts. And what we really need to be vigilant about is the services sector and especially, you know, core services inflation, which the Fed has incidentally been harping on. And uh, there are several great anecdotes about this and how it can take time to filter through the economy. And that's really what we are guarding against going forward. That's what's keeping the Fed up at night. And that's what we're waiting to see evidence of in reports such as the upcoming CPI data this Wednesday, the biggest economic report this week, the biggest potential market mover. Um, I don't know if, if one single report really has the power anymore to completely change the narrative or to break rates out of this sideways range. I think it'll take a, a team effort, but let's just talk numbers really quick. Um, so there was, a bit of a, an inflection point at, and, and by the way, David, I'm just going to use uh, core month over month because I think that's where the focus should be from a market movement standpoint. So, you know, 0.6 was a bit of an inflection point on the high side, 0.3 on the low side. Anything that's at those levels and especially anything outside those levels would be a super significant and result in uh, probably a very fast move in rates, higher or lower, depending on whether inflation is coming in lower or higher, respectively. Um, and that's it. I mean, I'm waiting on CPI. Everybody's waiting on CPI. Yep. And then everybody's waiting on the range breakout and uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, a consensus of economic data to cast a vote on uh, what the, the next big move is after we move away from, let's just call it a central point of gravity at 3.5% in a 10-year yield. Yeah, and uh, it's that simple. Good stuff. I like I like your. I really appreciate you making the comments you did about manipulating the data. Um, we need to be dealing with the data as it is. There are a lot of people that look at this, and 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 there's more. Seems to be more and more of that. Matt, which is it's popular. It's, it's it, popular it, yeah. to like you know bang that drum. Yeah, and and then and I think a lot of yeah. If you don't like what you're seeing, but guys, deal with this. It is what it is. And uh, it is a report, and everything changed trades on that report. And, I mean, what good is it doing you to throw that speculation? Are you going to move anything with that? Um, so I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, Matt. There's, there's times, I mean, I have looked at that, and I go, golly, can that be real? Can, I mean, I understand those that are going there. A lot of it's out of frustration. A lot of it wish they, they would have, would have, would have, could have, should have with the report data. But – 
Are you going to move anything with that? Um, it is. Let me uh, let me ask you this, dude. What would you think? Uh, this this just goes to show you how surprised people are relative to what the norms are for specific reports. And the non-farm payrolls number is, is a great example. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of guys that I, I pay quite a bit of attention to keep good stats on this, and a lot of uh, analysts do. But what would you guess the average beat is for that April non-farm payrolls number, like in terms of hundreds of thousands of jobs? Um, Gosh. I don't track that as much as I used to when I was doing secondary. So I, I, I mean, just even a range. You don't have to be accurate. I'm just going to blow your mind with a huge number. So don't guess higher than you would have. Okay, good. Um, you know, I, I was. I, I guess I would say twenty, thirty thousand. Exactly, and a lot of people would put that in the tens of thousands, maybe seventy thousand, even. So yeah, the average beat seen... when it beats is yeah. one hundred and seventy thousand. Whoa. The average miss when it misses is one hundred and three thousand. Wow. So, it, yeah, it's it's a big uh, – people need to wrap their minds around how volatile that payrolls number can be and um, and how much the industry is putting into trying to get ahead of it by looking at all the various anecdotes. It, it turns out in this case this was a pretty logical result. I mean, of yeah. the, the 12 anecdotes that these guys follow, nine of them pointed to a higher number. And three didn't. Uh, so kind of is part that, of the course. Does that, that higher number contribute, contribute to or seem to uh, play well to those that believe that this is a manipulated number when you have that kind of – those kind of numbers? Is, does, is that the real reasons why? Not, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It is what the number is, but I'd just love to get your thoughts on that. I'm not sure I understand. Uh, oh, in other words, if, if, it, if, it, if, it's, if it's in a – because of the 170,000 you were talking about, um, yeah. does the fact that that it is such a large number, does that lend itself to supporting those that feel it is manipulated? If it was a I think it pushes time. back on that, honestly. I mean, then that's okay. how I use it to say, like, look, look at how volatile this series is. Oh, the right? volatility part of it, yeah. Look at, look at how far this can fall uh, versus forecast and look at the range. So expect that things can be very different than, than what you're expecting. And then you won't be as disappointed. Uh, it also depends on who's doing the explaining and who's doing the listening. So when I explain it, I use that to, as evidence of the volatility and, and the range that things can come in. And if people are, are uh, in a rate sensitive environment and predisposed, if, you know, if they see layoffs, if things are hard for them, then yeah, they're not going to want to wrap their minds around a, a strong labor market. But mm-hmm. the fact is, I mean, that's what the Bureau of Labor Statistics has collected as far as their data for the month. And until somebody has a better jobs report, that's the jobs report. That is the jobs report. And that's what we're going to be. That's what the markets trade on. So deal with reality. And you get that reality every single minute on the second live data up to, right up to the nanosecond of what's going on by subscribing to mbslive.net. Great service. I love what you're doing. I appreciate Matt, you. I, Matt, I got a comment of comment about what you uh, what you said. I'd like to make. Uh, I realize we got to have benchmark numbers. I, 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 but I, for one, and I think the multitude of uh, people that read the numbers are probably starting to feel this way. I don't have a high level of confidence in any numbers put out these days, uh, and I don't know if it's this current administration. I don't. I don't know. I it just when I read numbers and I compare them from week to week and all, and I said, 
man, I just don't know about this. And if and I've never really felt this way before, but I think my confidence level in most of the key indicators is fifty percent or less. I mean, and I don't think not, I don't remember alone. a time, huh? You're not alone. I mean, I, I hear this on a regular basis, on a, on a crescendoing basis, another an increasing basis. Uh, so I know you're not alone, but I keep coming back to the fact that we can have our thoughts on that. But at the end of the day, what do the markets trade off? And, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And the yeah, other thing and, to realize, too, is that, is that even as administrations change, the employee composition at these, uh, you know, at the, the Bureau of yeah, Labor Statistics is probably not changing very much. And no. we've seen evidence on both sides of the aisle of, of presidents clearly not having um, any way to manipulate the data. <laughs> and there have been times where it would have been really, really good for them and for elections if they could have. And, uh, and, Clearly, the data did not support that. So, and there, there too, people cry foul and say, "Oh, well, there are there are people on the other side of the aisle inside those organizations that are working against the current administration or, or whatever." It's just depending on how the data comes out. But I mean, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I don't know the reality. I I definitely don't have a whole lot less confidence in the data than I did before. I think that uh, COVID and the COVID economy and the nature of seasonal adjustments has wreaked havoc on uh, several data series. And that's been very apparent in non-farm payrolls, uh, just because the composition of, of where the jobs have been and how jobs were created and destroyed uh, without, the re- without regard for what season of the year it was, uh, just really threw everything out of whack. And it's probably going to be another year or two before um, the seasonal adjustments are more predictable and uh, before things jive a little bit better with our, our sort of visceral impressions of the economy. Yeah. Mark, I appreciate your comment because we, I'm hearing that more and more. But at the end of the day, when you're managing your interest rate risk, the numbers are what everyone's going to put positions on and get, uh, you know, and how they're going to manage the interest rate volatility. So it, it's like, it's, Interesting discussion, but I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, Matt. I appreciate you voicing as you do, Mark, uh, that I just have lower, lower confidence in those numbers. I, I, I may never forget the time I was on national television. I was looking at some numbers, and I just got called in to be in Fox and be uh, a, a commenter on the latest economic data. I can't remember what it was. And I, I, what slipped out of my mouth on national television live when I was there was, I just think the, the books are cooked. And I made that comment, and as soon as those words came out of my boy, Dave Asman was the guy that was doing Dave and Liz Asman. Dave, Dave Asman and Liz Clayman were the two that were interviewing me at the time. Boy, Dave jumped me out on that on the spot. And I'm going, Dave, do you have actually evidence of that? I mean, it just came at it. And I go, no, David, I don't. It's an emotional response. It, it, and I, I've had to you, – you backtrack and try to explain, but you know, I felt like an idiot when I was doing that at the moment because I think you got to trade in what is being represented, whether you have confidence in the number or not. It is what it is, and there's no better source of getting that data and watching people react to it and uh, than mbslive.net. So, Matt Graham, you'd be awesome, man. Your service be awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Dave. you, Matt. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, Alice and uh, Alan, any thoughts on any – we're talking about interest rates. Any thoughts on any of that? No, I, I don't. The conversation. I... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. Oh, I was just saying, no, I don't. Uh, Alice, it's all yours. 
Okay, thanks. Um, I I just find it fascinating. I think, you know, it's still humans involved. So to Matt's point, I'm a little more on the side of, uh, yes, you have to be cautiously suspicious, but there's still people who are trying to do a good job and present the information, and there are some controls in place. And if then there's a lot of inaccuracy involved in that, then people are playing their percentage of accuracy guess uh, with their predictions and how they're going to react in the market. So you're just factoring that into the decisions you're going to make if you are one of the ones in the, in the I don't trust this campaign or trust campaign. So. Yeah, I, I don't trust this administration. I don't trust, I don't trust yeah. these numbers. I don't trust, I don't trust. Well, I, I, I talked to the loan officers about this. I go, what the heck is that going to do you any good? I mean, how it is what it is. The markets are going to trade based on the data we're getting. Do you agree with that? Yes or no? Yeah, but I don't believe the numbers. Okay, but come back to this. Are the numbers going to, are, is the markets going to trade based on the data that's being reported? Well, yes, I have to agree, but I don't like the numbers. I don't agree with the numbers. I don't like the numbers either. I wish, I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to see different in life, but it just is what it is. And I think we need to deal with it. So, Matt, I'm glad that you brought it up. I think it's a great Yeah, great thing. you bet. Good interjection there. Very, very good. Matt Graham's service, mbslive.net. Sign up for it. Put LOL in the sign-up code, and you get an extended trial period without a need of a credit card entry. But just sign up for the service. Everyone who has loves it. I do. And uh, recommend it constantly. All right. David Kittle can't be here, so we're not getting a production report from Mr. Kittle. But um, a lot going on with TMC. He and his, uh, he, he, they're at a board meeting, and... Uh, Agreeing on some things that we can't talk about, but hopefully we'll have some new announcements about the future direction. That's very exciting things that they're talking about at TMC. I mean, it's both these co-ops, TMC and Letters One. Very proud to be a part of both of them. We're thrilled that Kittle comes in as often as he can. But there's some reports that are coming on out there that I'm hearing more and more about um, those that were consumer direct companies. One of the particular leading nationwide companies that was consumer direct. And, and there's more than one of them, is really looking at the, the in these kind of markets. Oh, Les Parker just dialed in for a quick comment. We're going to come to you, Les, in just a minute. I'll turn on your mic. Um, give me just a moment, and we'll come back and get your thoughts, uh, Lester, just a minute. You know, I turned on your mic, Les, but give me, let me finish this thought. Um, one of the thoughts that, that uh, are is that we're seeing the need to get back to in the, in the refinance booms, we have lower interest rates. A lot of people originate can do so on a consumer direct basis. It's interesting on the consumer direct basis, those that have done that very successfully, think of the biggest one out there. They have a tendency to realize in the markets when it's contracting like this, that they go, the value of the branch being in the local markets is so, so important. And if we're going to live and we can have the best marketing platform in the world and we can be doing all these great things, but if we're not in where that, where the, we have people, you know, uh, one of the coaching companies out there says, if you don't have your belly up on the table talking face-to-face with people, you're not doing your job as an LO. And I, I think it's really underscoring the importance of having a realized market presence. So for those of you, uh, that were a consumer direct. My heart goes out to you. I know your market share is really went down. And for those of you who are out there in a presence in the market, kudos to you and realize the value that the expense that it takes to have that in place and uh, that your company's committed to doing that. So that's my report on the production side. Those who have a presence in the marketplace are uh, wisely selecting where they go. I think this is why tools such as Modex and Mobility MMI Market, mortgage market intelligence um, by uh, uh, 
what what they're doing over there at um, at, at MMI is just so powerful. Mobility, uh, it's so powerful, and you got to have these students and selecting the right markets to go into. So do so, but have a presence in the markets you want to serve. Now, some markets, if that's not getting the volumes or the margins you need, yeah, you may need to attract out. This is a time where you need to select wisely the markets you're going to go into. Others are. Some of the largest consumer direct companies showing signs that they're recognizing this and going at it. Going into the local markets with a local presence. Be aware of it. It's going to create more competitive markets and good for all of the industry or the consumer that we, whom, to whom we serve. Les Parker, you dialed in. Obviously, you wanted to listen to the discussion. I love the fact that you know, we kind of throw some spikes that balls at you sometimes when you're not listening. We know you listen. But we kind of go, we got a few in there on you once in a while, and you're not, you don't know, dial in. But you obviously have some thoughts on our discussion today. What you got, Les? I Good. do. It is interesting. Every once in a while, instead of catching you at 1 p.m. Eastern time, I catch you about 1 a.m. on the rebroadcast. <laughs> on the rebroadcast, yeah. <laughs> Which is I when you're up to... writing your report, oftentimes. Amazing. I don't know when you sleep. <laughs> That's do. right. Yeah, I I reading or whatever there's a lot of things that have to happen it seems from 10 p.m till 1 a.m um but the uh one is i let's comment just a moment on the production side there's a myth i think there's a misconception of consumer direct uh i don't know that it is from the practitioners but there's some outside that think of it as a single item and CD is not a single type of approach to consumer direct. That is, it's not just for one guy calls it fast nickels, where it's just really fast production on only refi, and specifically no cash out refi. But CD is much broader than that. That that is an an important item, but it's also retention. They use uh, consumer direct for retention on servicing portfolios. They also use um, CD for debt consolidation, and that's what actually can uh, still stay somewhat active even during different uh, time periods. In fact, most recently it has upticked some uh, because mm-hmm. now that there is some equity still in people's homes, it hasn't just a high equity nationwide in homes, uh, even with this little bit of a pullback. I mean, it went up essentially – 20% for two years, and then so if we give back, back 5 or 10%, what, still, you still have a lot, a lot of, of equity. Uh, yeah, a lot of equity. Yeah. And then also, um, in fact, just today, uh, talking about a business model that's out there that a bank's wanting to expand in, um, there's more attention to wealth management and lending to those that want to use debt as one of their instruments to wealth. Um, so it may be for acquiring a home and how much debt do you really want to do for acquiring a home. Uh, and there's more need now that we have somewhat of a disruption in the jumbo market. So there is kind of consumer direct that's directly helping people to acquire um, uh, properties or managing the debt on their properties uh, tied into their wealth management. So. There are different – so it's almost like uh, the CD is uh, uh, counseling with customers. Uh, and then maybe the last dimension, there 
there are retail banks and there's commercial banks. Or and, and by the way, credit unions, you could also use credit unions for, for uh, consumer banks or retail banks. Um, they actually are they, – they look at their customer base and they need to reach out to it. And so they will use a CD model to reach out to that customer base. Uh, and it may not be quite the – the way you think of a CD operation is that's CD not smoke-filled anymore. That's 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> right. But consumer direct, it's not just going to be a, uh, you know, where you have, say, 50 people all in one room no. um, with maybe some free meals <laughs> being offered so they can get right back to the phone. It, it really is more a customer outreach program. And so you'll have a way that uh, you'll have your – uh, LOs or whoever, whatever labels you use for your retail operation to reach out to customers through a phone calling uh, system. Mm-hmm. So it, it is not a single dimension. Data integrity issue that yeah, – I love your perspective. And I thought the comments, the comments were all good. And, of course, Matt Graham, as far as I'm concerned, he, he assesses those things very well. And it's good that you have him regularly on the program. I wanted to add an additional aspect. Um, and it somewhat comes through in my newsletter that uh, you know many of your listeners do get, uh, but we welcome new subscribers, and there are ways they can do it without having to pay the $77 annual subscription fee by typing in power, P-O-W-E-R for power seller, okay. as you said. Um, but, You're advertising, Lester. Come on, is, get to your point. That's right. So they're moving to uh, – I just want people to have a broad perspective. As the, yes. the, we're, the, these monthly pieces of data are not nearly important as they were, say, 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, we've been moving to um, flash indicators, and there's other terms that people use for immediate indications on what momentum is in certain data. And people that really move market, many times, people will be fooled. Well, jobs just came out really strong. Why does market move the opposite direction of what we thought it would be? Or uh, the, the inflation rate still rising. Then why is it that rates fell? And people are shocked. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, well, you're shocked that there's gambling going on here? You know, now they're shocked. It's because there's there's metadata and there's – there's a lot of data being processed by other entities other than foreign than uh, government. So we have we have official data that comes out from places, uh, and it serves a purpose for modeling, backward looking, there things you go. like yeah. that. But you but. need to know what's happening right now, and so that's why we have flash indicators, and you get a lot of different sources for that flash indicators, and it costs. Uh, private enterprise a lot of money to get that data. Anyway, that's the only point I wanted to make. Good point. That's that, that's another, another yeah. added perspective. Very good. Matt, you want to add to that? No, I mean, I think it's it's well said, and I agree wholeheartedly. There's so much timely data out there that can help shape the, a consensus about the consensus before things come out. And the only thing I'd add is that 
yeah, you can trade that. And then you also have to trade what you think other people are going to be trading. So if everybody's still reacting to the jobs report, then you kind of have to shape a strategy around that. But if if you didn't have to deal with that, you might not look at it nearly as much at all. It might Mm -hmm. not be a market mover at all anymore. Yep. Amen. Well put. Well put. That's what I love. Now, yep. you know, it, it, it's when you're a stock trader. Back when I was, you know, I traded stocks when I was in college. I love love the trade. I love getting in and understanding the markets. And there's momentum oh, so moves. You're the one. You're the one that got that advice. That plastics. Oh, plastics. That's from the graduate. I have to go to college. Your, your age college. Group. That's for your what, age what, group. What, uh, that's uh, that's exactly the, the the graduate was on when I was uh, in my first couple of years of college. Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> Plastic. That's hilarious mm-hmm. to pick up with that. But I think, but but I was yeah. always I was raised by a trader. My dad's a trader. He's an entrepreneur. But I mean, he taught me so clearly the difference between the fundamentals, which we get. I mean, I think you treat these the data points like what we're getting out from the late jobs numbers, the jolts reports, all the economic indicators that are up on Matt's screen. Those are like the fundamentals underlying that can be old trumped in a New York minute uh, with the, the flash data that comes out. And I think that's why it's so important that you read your newsletter because you're trying to get ahead of that and give us a commentary on that and then have Matt screens up constantly looking at it for those that want to take the time. At the end of the day, the numbers, whether you think they're contrived or not, are the numbers. There's what we're dealing with as fundamental. Maybe someday we'll find something out that's different and we'll deal with that. But right now, that's where it is. So love the perspective. Les, thank you so much for taking the time to dial in. Appreciate your commentary. I love your newsletter. You do a great job. And I love it. It's so important. It just really accentuates the point. Of, we got to have multiple data points that we're receiving perspective on. And so I think we try to distill that down here on the podcast. We do that fairly well. At least we're told that we do. Thank you. Yeah, but it was pretty disappointing that you didn't comment on how well I matched Nat King Cole's voice. You um, <laughs> He is one of my favorite crooners. He is my too. Oh, and my favorite Jones is what the, what, what they did, Nat what he King did Cole. when he was when Natalie sang with her dad on that when they did that together. Uh, uh, unbelievable! Or uh, uh, that that song. What was that? Unbelievable. Or no, it's not Un, I mean, no, unforgettable. 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 There we go. Unforgettable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm being unbelievable. Thank you so much, people's comments that are yeah. texting me right well, now. Well, that was the second best that was done with his voice. The first was what you just heard. So Yeah. Well, second best was Natalie. You're All the right. first. The modesty right. is incredible. The modesty is amazing. Blast. That's right. You know, Michael Jordan was given the did ball well. for a reason, and right now we have some great shooters in the NBA that you, when they Uh-oh. when they get the shot, they're gonna they're gonna be the ones that are gonna get it down and win. Whether it's at the L.A. Lakers or the Golden State Warriors. All right, have the a hook one, is guys. coming for you. You're off the program. Love you, Lester Parker. We do. We have troubles getting it all in in an hour. Anyway, but we, I sincerely thank you for dialing in. I really do appreciate it, Les. You are a gentleman. And he did hang up. He just, the hook came and pulled him off. All right. I can't, I love it. Alice, it's so much fun that we get to talk on these things, but it's really good that we have this discussion. I really appreciate you saying you enjoy listening to the discussion. But enough on that discussion. Let's get over to you with a legislative update. Alice Alvey, CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. Here with our legislative update. What you got? Oh, well, it's always fun to hear less, and I can just picture him just chomping at the bit as we were talking about the market going, should I call in? I don't know. No, I got to call it, right? And he just didn't <laughs> So it was great. 
Love yeah, when you call in, Les. It's always great to hear your thoughts. And uh, yes, that was some great crooning in that bit. We so, know started going into um, basketball. We yeah. started going basketball. So that's it. That's it. We got to get this podcast going done in a time frame. All right. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, um, so I have a quick follow-up to the bit that you heard from uh, Adam DeSantis from MBA about pace financing. You know, I looked this up because you hear about it here and there in, in a lot of states. We go, I don't have to pay attention to that because I don't think it applies here in my state. Um, but it is important as an industry to make sure that this uh, proposed rule by the CFPB does get through because there is a push to get more states involved in residential pace financing, which is offered by the states. It's financed through bonds that they issue, and homeowners then essentially are able to do zero down, finance it through this bond program, and essentially it's paid with their property taxes. So, you know, the Hmm. downside is instead of having it financed through a HELOC or other type of home improvement loan where I'm making monthly payments, now the chunk that's due that year is in my tax bill. Um, so, you know, again, if I have my taxes escrowed, then it's spread out through my, my monthly payment that way. But if someone doesn't have an escrow account, uh, there's some payment shock. There's there's so much to consider about pace financing versus getting some other type of home financing. And our biggest concern as lenders is that this isn't covered by TILA today. Uh, some of the states, I think California has some disclosure laws in place to help protect consumers, but there isn't anything standard in TILA to say you need an LE, you need a CD, you you have to make sure there's ability to repay. And this type of financing, if it does start to spread to other states, which the commercial version is available at um, over 30 states. So I think it's good to make sure we're in front of this because it took five years. The first time this was proposed was back in 2015 that it needed to be covered by regulation. So when MBA says they've taken years of an effort to get this through, uh, that's how long. There was an advance notice of proposed rulemaking back in 2019. So it, Hmm. you know, lost time during the pandemic. And then here we are now to finally get a true proposed rule, uh, get the comments in there that, yes, we need this done. We need to make sure that these are getting properly disclosed and that they are not a priority lien to our first mortgage, uh, which is the biggest point. So, uh, comments are available. Uh, you have until July to be able to uh, respond, July 26th. And then last but not least, I promised you all I'd follow up on the House Bill yeah. uh, 2928 that is there for the federal housing fi- to repeal the Federal right. Housing Finance Agency's uh, uh, loan level price adjustments. I did read the text. It's very short just resend those lender letters. So I liked that. I wasn't trying to nitpick anything or pieces and parts out of it. Uh, It doesn't stop the agencies from future price changes. Mm -hmm. It's just a repeal of these specifically. So no movement on the bills, but wanted to let you all know the text has been published and that's what it says. So that's my report today, Dave. Back to you. Good, Alice. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. There was one aspect of something I was I'm getting a bunch of text messages in answer because you're commenting about this. One of them was, are, is she going to cover what she said she's going to do? And then as you as it's coming out, I just said she's answering it now. Uh, thank you so much for doing a great job of um, bringing us the data and, and update each and every week. Um, what if, any sense? You're a master CMB, so you're part of the CMB community. 
What are you hearing from within the community, Alice? I'm assuming that you're staying fairly well connected and staying in within the CMB communication loop. Uh, what are you hearing from within the CMB uh, community that is of probably the top items out there? Any idea? Oh, that's a great question, Dave. And you know what? Can I do a little digging on that to make yes. sure I cover the right topics and I can yeah. talk about yeah. that next week? Well, good. That'd be a great topic. That'd be good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Several people said, yes, that's a great question. I wish I had asked that. Uh, love to get okay. what's going on. So, yeah, people are wanting to know more. Good. Um, yes, yes, good. Alice, thank you so much for being a part of this for from the very, 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 very beginning. And um, it's so such an honor to have you be here and with the way you deliver your reports and the quantity and the quality of the way of the, I mean, the quality of the report as well as the manner which you delivered is just excellent. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. So good. You're welcome. You bet. Alan Pollock is here with another tech update. Uh, there is so much that someone wrote me, Alan. You'll love this. Everyone loves your report. And they go, Alan has so much he could take up a whole podcast. He keeps talking about when he's going to launch his own podcast. He needs to because we get the feeling he's trying to slip in more each week and uh, we just don't have time so we gotta have to go back and do that again alan we got we keep talking about it but i know absolutely you know i hi it's, i don't know if you remember but when we were talking about tech stack radio i actually yeah. hired professional radio people to do the intros and outros and all yes. that so we're all ready to go um yeah yeah we got to get it done and What's really funny is ever since I, I announced my departure from Meridian Link and trying to figure out what's next, I've spoken with a few people, and the business ideas are running, running wild, and there's yeah. some really, really cool ones. I can tell you that uh, I will be starting something up, um, but there's a number of things I'm exploring. <laughs> but you know what's interesting, David, and the only reason why I mention this, I'll make it two things. Uh, first is – Everybody wants to take advantage of AI. Yes. Um, and we're not we're not talking about what, yeah, we're not talking about what we called AI, uh, and we as an industry, I mean, you know, where we said, you know, we read data off of documents, and it's it's AI. Um, no, those are that's RPA and those are rules. AI is is truly when you can communicate unscripted, and you can have a model that. One can process language, any language. It can be emotionally attached to the conversation. And it also um, has predictive learning and machine learning where it truly takes unstructured data and it learns and it, it, and it continues to build upon it. I'll give you an example. There's a tool, and you know in the podcast, David, I've talked to folks on this podcast many times about looking at your release notes. There is a tool out there that I, I now have in my toolbox. I can take all the release notes that you've ever received from all of your vendors, and I can turn them into an instant chatbot that allows you to communicate unscripted, predictively, and ask questions. Like, as an example, um, can you please, you could just go in and say, can you please tell me across all of my release notes how many things refer to the Fannie Mae interface? And it'll come back and say, hey, I found seven release notes over two years. And you can say, well, how many of them talk about pricing? And it'll, you know, you, so completely unstructured. So there's really some interesting advantages um, to AI, and there's a lot of great ideas. I will tell you that I was, I was looking today, and there is an article out there today um, by Zillow, 
they just launched what they're calling Zillow GPT. And they allow you to ask about a property and all different questions about that property all through a chatbot. It's, it's in an alpha mode, so it's released to a very small group of people, um, but it is out there, and they are expecting to put it out there. And you're going to see more about that. So imagine just saying, how many square foot is the house? Instead of having to look at the listing, can I afford this house? Can you give me an idea how many stories are? Can you show me other houses that are similar? And it's like having a personal assistant who knows information instantly. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're going to see so much of this get in the hands of our originators and of our back office tools. Um, think about what it can do for income analysis. So hopefully I got all your minds, your minds, you know, yes. thinking of cool things, but, but there's lots of this great stuff going on. I would just wait the next 12 months is going to be really, really cool. Um, but David, I, I did want to talk about a couple quick little things today. Uh, one of them is I saw this really cool company just talking about tech in general, fintech, called HomeTap. And get Home this. They're in Boston, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, H O N E P A P. P A P. Yeah, P A P. By the way, earlier today you said that you've been in mortgage 48 years. Well, I am 48 That's years Mark, old. Mark. So. That's Mark. I've been in it for 50 years, so I was in it before you were even conceived. All right, you beat me. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> older in mortgage than I am in, in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but anyway, yeah, when David and I have a combined hundred years, we'll have a big celebration. We've got one more year. <laughs> All right, that's pretty yeah. good. I think we can get like an AI robot to walk around and tell jokes and do magic tricks. <laughs> I'm not sure they want to. Yeah, I don't know if they want to dump my brain into a computer, but I definitely want to take Mark's brain. His his is absolutely brilliant when it comes to so much stuff. And yeah, yeah. Build on it, but anyway. All right, continuing on. All right, so home tab. They get this. They facilitate a loan alternative for home buyers looking to be paid for equity today. So they provide homeowners with cash in exchange. HomeTap will receive a share in the future value of the home, and once the home is sold or the owners settle with their investments, the company is paid out for the shares. So mm-hmm. it's almost like remember P two P lending when it first came out. Right. Yeah. Um, it's another take. Well, apparently right now it's it's compliant and. Uh, this company does have some funding, and, and they're taking off. So if, you want, if you're interested, check it out. They're also hiring um, HomeTap, H-O-M-E-T-A-P. And then, David, you know, the other thing dot I just com? want to mention. Is it .com? Because uh, I tried going in on the .com, and it didn't work. It says under construction. Um, uh, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so they're in Boston, Massachusetts. They were founded in 2017. They've got about 275 employees. Wow. Uh, so they are le- – legitimate entity, their URL, uh, I'll have to look for it, but it is, um, we'll get, we'll put it in the show. is the name of the company. Absolutely. H-O-M-E-P-A-P. T-A-P, as in Tapper. T-A-P, okay, okay, well, I, that's what I thought when I said that, okay, okay, now, there yeah, I find T-A-P. it, yep, now I found it, hold on, there you go, yep, all right, got it, thanks. So, Aquilus, uh, we all, we've all heard their names a few times, or another, another vendor in our industry, um, well, they just added OpenAI GPT to their document that they read all the data off of for right. deeper automation. So um, imagine saying, um, can you tell me if the first name matches across all of my documents and you've got a system that can instantly do it. Now, for any of you that are using OpenAI and GPT today and you played around with it, ask it a question about something. Right. Obviously, it's not reading the actual web. There are some other AI systems out there that are, but ask it questions. That's exactly how 
you can be interacting with technology like this. It's going to continue to make its way out there, and it's going to be great technology. Outside of that, David, uh, next week I want to talk about an article um, Walter Kluwer's put out that, that talks about what the short-term investment, their survey of about 200 investors said. Uh, we'll talk about that next week of where people and where they are not investing in technology. One person just wrote back, Alan, time to start your own podcast. Love having you on here, but you launch off of this. Leverage off of this one. It's time. It's good stuff. You have <laughs> Thank so you. much Thank content, Alan. And I'm only sorry that you're at the end of the, at the caboose of the program. Of course, we get 98% listenership because everyone wants to stay here all the way to the end. They listen all the way to the end just to get your segment. So, it's, um, so we're good. That's what kind of, you, you got the holding power. Thank you, thank you. In there. you yeah. do an awesome job. Thank you so much, friend. Appreciate it. Have a great week and can't wait to hear what you're about to launch. Man, oh, man. Keep seeing a little suspense going here. Well, that's it week for this week, folks, for the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Special thank you goes to Adam, Les, Matt, David, B. And Alice, Alan, and Mark, we're so grateful that David Kittle, I'm referring to, uh, for being here is Candor Technology, amazing company. Talk about them all the time. Finastra, number one, fintech company, total expert, hands down the best CRM out there in the marketplace. Simple Nexus, as well as the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, and Bodex. Of the Larsons at the Modex, a great group, and the Mortgage Advisory Tools. Folks, have a great rest of your week. Look forward to having you here. Tell others about the podcast. If you're interested in advertising, check out Lickin' and Lending under, uh, and then check Advertisers. There's a, a special spot where you can check out what our advertising rates are. Love to hear from you. And don't apply to be an advertiser unless you're willing to bring critical thought. That's what this program is all about. We appreciate you, listeners. Come back and have be here next week, and we'll share some more. Alan's got more to share, so we'll be here and looking forward to seeing you next time. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.